Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Tonight we're gonna we're gonna begin reading in First Peter chapter five. We're gonna start with verse six if you have your Bibles. First Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him, for he careth for you. He careth for you. Today, with the help of the Lord, we're going to be talking on the subject, where you are submitting to his process, where you are and submitting to his process. Let's pray right now. God, I thank you for the opportunity that we have to come and to hear your word. God, I pray you would anoint hearts and ears that it may be received. God, I pray you would anoint my lips and my heart that it would be delivered exactly how you need it to be. God, I pray that you, unto you would be all glory, all honor, and dominion forever. God, we thank you. Lord, anoint this place tonight. Lord, we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Tonight, I want to encourage someone, somebody who's fighting against where you are. You may feel like there's somewhere else that you should be, somewhere else that you could be. But tonight, we're going to talk about where you are, right where you are. You don't know why God has brought you to this place. Tonight, when we reference, we're going to reference a lot to where you are. We're going to reference a lot to the place that you're in. And that stems from three different things we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, now, where we talk about where you are, it could be your literal location, where God needs you, where you are right here in this place right now. Secondly, it could talk about your situation, the culmination of things that seem to be swirling around you. And you can't understand why God has brought you to that point. So where you are tonight could also be your situation. Thirdly, it could also be your state. It could also be a spiritual state of valley or wilderness or a physical state of weakness and sickness. So tonight, when we're talking about where you are, we're talking about your location, we're talking about your situation, and or we're talking about your state. Whichever one that speaks to you the most, we're going to talk about these three areas within where you are tonight. So God has you there for a reason. And a distinctive purpose, he has you exactly where you are, in the place that you're in, in the state that you're in, in the circumstance that you're in, you're there exactly for a purpose. We're going to read a little bit from 1 Samuel 17. We all know the story. We're going to read and then we're going to talk a little bit between verses. We're going to start with verse 3. And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side. And there was a valley between them, and there went out a champion of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. Skipping down to verse 10. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. So when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. 
So we all know this story of David and Goliath. We all know this story that we're reading in. But in the scripture text here, simply, we see a giant that's in the way. We see Goliath standing between Israel and victory, pure and simple. When it's all boiled down, there's an obstacle that's in the way. There's an obstacle that's in the way between Israel and victory. And the obstacle seems insurmountable. The obstacle seems impossible. This obstacle can't be overcome. The giant presents himself day and night, time and time again. Each day, no doubt, his voice growing more and more boisterous. His voice growing more and more confident and more and more sure of the victory that ensues him. Skipping down to verse 14. And David was the youngest, and the three eldest followed Saul. But David went and returned from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. Everybody say, David went home. So David wasn't even there yet. So the one that was going to defeat the Goliath wasn't even on the site yet. He wasn't even in the picture yet. So all this was going on, and the redemption for Israel wasn't there yet. The physical, natural redemption through David wasn't there yet. He wasn't even close. He was feeding sheep. He wasn't training, wasn't getting ready. He was feeding sheep. So why would God let the Philistine, this Goliath, why would he let him curse the armies of Israel day and night, 40 days in a row? Why did he not just use David to shut the enemy down as soon as he stepped in the valley, as soon as he opened his mouth? Why didn't he just have David come right as soon as the enemy steps out? We can ask the same question about our situations. Why does God let this impossible situation continue to stand in my way of victory? Why does God let this thing continue to stand in my way? Why is God's process not making sense right now? Why is his process leading me through this moment of defeat when it seems like the thing that's going to bring me through isn't even there yet? The answers aren't even here yet. Why is God bringing me through this moment where I am? It's easy to look at somebody else's situation. It's easy to look at somebody else's state, someone else's location, and say, I'd be better off being in their shoes. I'd be better off being in their state. I can handle what they're doing a little bit better. Let me assure you, don't waste your time wishing for someone else's situation, their location, or their state. Because they've got their own things to work through in that pasture. You're in this pasture. A wise man once said, the grass isn't greener just because it's on the other side. It's greener because they water their grass. So go water your grass. So I want to encourage you not to get in that mindset. Not to get in the mindset that says, God, I can be where the action's at. I can handle it. I can step out and face that Goliath. I can handle this right now. I can step out of where I am. But instead, you've got me feeding sheep. You've got me doing this seemingly insignificant thing. You've got me doing this thing that doesn't amount to anything. Why are you wasting both of our time here? Why am I still just sitting here feeding sheep? God knew what was coming for David. And God needed him in the pasture first. There were some things that God needed to teach him in the pasture before he could step on the battlefield. Picking up again in the same chapter, verse 34, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant hath kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he rose against me, I caught him by the beard and smote him and slew him. 
God put David right where he needed to receive the training that was so needed for the situation. There are things that will happen to you while you're in the pasture that you could have never learned on the battlefield. There are things that are going to happen to you where you're at right now that you cannot learn the place you desire to be. There are things that you will learn where you are that will be of such greater value than the things that you'll learn where you want to go. We see God preparing David, how he needs him. Not how man thinks he should be prepared. Not how man thinks he should be training. God has very unique ways of preparing us for his situations at times. In our eyes, David should have been training with the best. He should have been training with the warriors in the camp of Israel. He should have been training his entire life with a sword and with the shield, with the instruments of war. He should have been getting ready for that moment. But instead, he's feeding sheep. He should have been in camps of war, training and preparing for that moment when he stepped out against Goliath. God knew from David's first breath that he would be the one to step out and slay the the giant. So why would God not give David all the practical training that he needed? God, why, why are you withholding all this stuff from me? Why are you withholding? All this stuff from me. When I could be out there learning so much. When I could be out there experiencing so much. But you've got me stuck right where I am. You've got me stuck in this insignificant place. You've got me stuck in this place where I feel worthless. Where I feel helpless. The kind of readiness and training that he would have received with instruments of war wasn't the kind of training that David needed. God didn't need a man who knew how to swing a sword. He had thousands of men that could do that in the camp of Israel, but wouldn't step out. God needed a man obedient to his will. God needed a man that was submitted to his process. God didn't need a qualified man. He just needed a submitted man. Your ability to win the battle in the eyes of man doesn't matter. One bit. Somebody may look at you and say, you don't have what it takes to fit in that ministry. You don't have what it takes to lead in that particular area. Well, with all due respect, it doesn't matter what they think. Because when God prepares you for something, when God moves you into something, it will be ready. You will be ready. You will be trained. You will have exactly what you need. The position that you think you need right now, the position you think your abilities and talents, God-given, might I add, that they afford you, doesn't matter. The place where you think you should be doesn't matter. What matters is where God told you to go. And if he's not told you to go anywhere else, you settle in right where you're at and be prepared to learn. Be prepared to draw from what God's going to teach you. God's going to send a lion. God's going to send a bear. Are you ready for that? Psalms 18 and 30. says, as for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. When we look a little closer in the original text, the word for tried here, the word of the Lord is tried. That word we get there in the original text is saraf. Saraf means to smelt, to refine, to test. So smelting, I had to do a little bit of research. Smelting is the process that you extract metals from their ore by a process of heating. Now, I had to little dig a little deeper because I had no idea what an ore was. 
An ore is a naturally occurring solid or sediment that consists of valuable and precious metals and minerals. So smelting is the process of taking something on its own that isn't very valuable. But with a little bit of heat, with a little bit of work, with a little bit of situation, if you will, as you put the ore through the fire, you can begin to pull these valuable characteristics out. So, so you can start with an ore that looks like a rock, looks like a pile of sand. It looks like dirt. It looks like this insignificant thing. It looks like something that couldn't amount to anything. You're just going to kick it down out of your way because it's just an eyesore. But then when you begin to add a little heat, then you can see some elements that begin to separate. You can see some things that you can begin to draw out of this ore. The cool thing about this process is the pure metals that are in the ore will remain. The impurities will melt and begin to dissipate and begin to altogether be removed from this compound. So, so the valuable elements remain. These essential things remain. These things like iron, like gold, like copper. All these things remain as everything else has been pulled out. But that's not the end of the process. That's not the end of the process. The fire will also take those pure elements and begin to refine them. Once you turn the heat up a little bit more, once your situation seems to be a little bit more impossible, if you will, once these things begin to get a little bit more, the, the mountain gets a little bit higher, once these things get a little bit more heated up, the refining process begins. So refining, as defined by Merriam-Webster, and this is Merriam-Webster, keep this in mind, I didn't make this up, there's a two-part definition. The first part for refine is to free something from impurities or unwanted material. This process of smelting in your life, this process of refining in your life is removing things that are unwanted. It's removing these things, these impurities. Now, the second part definition, remember, this is from Merriam-Webster, straight from the dictionary. It says to free from moral imperfection. I had to rub my eyes when I saw it. I was like, is that really, am I reading right? To free from moral imperfection. So whenever the heat gets turned up a little bit more, God's saying, I've got a little more, in a, there's some more impurities in there that I'm going to sift out. There's some more in there. I see some more good in there. I see some more valuable things in there, but I got to turn the heat up just a little bit. I got to turn it up just a little bit more, and then all glory, it's going to be great. These things are going to be pure. Can you worship the Lord right now? Can you worship the Lord right now, right where you are, right where you are in his process? God takes us, God takes, and I'll speak for me so I don't offend anyone. God took me, this mess, this mound of what looked like sediment, rock, and dirt. He took this mess and he turned the heat up a little bit and he tried me and he refined me and through the fire, he pulled some things out that were getting in the way. God will begin to take out these things that weigh us down. He'll begin to take out these desires that hold stuff back. He'll begin to take away these desires that are getting in the way of your spiritual desires. He'll begin to take out this bitterness that's covering up these valuable materials that are in you. He'll begin to take this pain out as he continues to turn the heat up a little bit. He'll start to take out some confusion the further you get in the fire. Because the further you get in the fire, the more things make sense. Because the more stuff that gets out of the way, the less of me there is and the more of him there is. 
Through the fire, these things are refined and removed, freeing us from this unwanted material. It's important to note that without the fire, the ore would never change. If the ore didn't want to go through this situation, this trial, this circumstance, this fire, it would stay the same. It'd be a pile of dirt, rock, sediment, valuable materials, but it would never change. The valuable materials that are within it will always be covered up and diluted by impurities, by mess, by bitterness, by pain, by shortcoming, by sin, by all these things that the fire can remove. The word of the Lord is tried. The ways of the Lord will sorrow you. It will heat things up in your life. It will turn the heat up in your situations. Before David could slay the giant, he had to be submitted. There were some things through the fire of being in the pasture, through the fire of feeding sheep that God had to sift out before he was ready to go face Goliath. Likewise, before God brings you into your ministry, into your work, puts this purpose into your hands, you have to first submit to his plan whatever it entails. It doesn't make sense. You have to submit it doesn't, it's, it's completely backwards. You've got to submit. It's unconventional. You've got to submit. It's inconvenient. You have to submit. And the further you get into the fire, the more it will make sense. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are my ways your ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. I've got to be ready to do whatever God needs me to do. It doesn't matter if I have other plans. It doesn't matter if my plans are wrecked. It doesn't matter if my schedule is thrown out of cycle. It doesn't matter if I think I know a shorter way. If I think I know a better way, I've got to submit to his process. When I think there's a shorter route to my quote-unquote dreams, God has something better waiting for you just on the other side of the process. I'm sure the children of Israel would have rather been in the promised land than wandering through the desert. I'm sure they would have rather taken the short route than the long, painful, smelting route, this long, refining route. But there were some things of Israel that had to be sifted out. There was some culture they allowed to get in their worship that had to be sifted out. There were some things that they allowed the world culture to press within them that God had to take them through the fire and remove it. Another example of God's crazy process, how it seems crazy to us sometimes. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's kind of crazy sometimes. We're going to Judges 7. We see God preparing Gideon in the most unconventional, backwards way in our eyes. Seven and two. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, mine own hand has saved me. You've got too many people, Gideon. If you go to battle now, you'll win. Now notice that. Notice that. He told them, if you go to battle now, you'll win. There's nothing that God's telling you that if you don't go into that situation, you won't win. You won't succeed. You won't do great things. But your heart's not ready yet. He told the army, he, you're not ready yet. You're going to win. You're going to destroy the Midianites. But, but you're not ready yet. That's not the long-term. That's not the long-term goal. 
It won't be seen as a victory from me, God says. It will be seen as a victory by your own hand. You'll vaunt yourself. You'll boast yourself. You'll say, I did this by my hands. God didn't have a working in this. We're just superior. Some of you are looking at this career, this ministry, and this work that you have and saying, I can go in right now and succeed. And that could be true. You could go in right now and succeed with exactly what you want to do. But your heart's not ready. God needs to refine a little bit first. And I'm telling you, be submitted to the process. Because things are easier on the other side of the fire than they are when you do it by yourself without the fire. Verse 3. Now therefore go and proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And the return of the people, 20 and 2,000. There remained 10,000. So now Gideon has gone from 32,000 men to 10,000 men. Surely that's good. Surely that's good. We're good. We're squared away. We're not going to boast anymore. Let's go forward and win this thing. Verse 4, And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people are yet too many. There's still too many people, Gideon. Bring them down in the water, and I will try them there for thee. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, thou shalt go with thee, the same shall go with thee. And of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. The Lord said, I will try them for you there. So, so a really cool observation here is the same word try here is the exact same word, saroth, that we found in Psalms 18 and 30. God said, I got to do some refining. It doesn't matter how many men I got. I can do it with one if I got the right one. You can take 32,000 and win, but it's not going to be from me. It's going to be by your own hand. But I'll take unsurmountable odds. I'll take impossible situations. And if you let me do my work, then I'll make sure you're victorious. I'll make sure you're victorious. And the glory gets to me. Verse 5, so he brought the people down in the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth the water of his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one of them that boweth upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hands to their mouth, were three hundred men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hands. And let the people, other people go, every man unto his place. So Gideon goes forward with 300 men. 300 men that are refined. 300 men that have been through the fire, that have been sifted, and that are ready to be submitted to God's process. In the end, God didn't deliver the army of the Midianites into the hands of Gideon's army of 32,000. Not of 10,000. Not of 8,000. But of 300. God's process will not always make sense to you. His process will seem backwards. His process may seem a little bit out there. James 4 and 10, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. I want to encourage you today, right where you are, God is about to bring you out. He sees you in the, in the pasture feeding sheep. He sees you being refined through this process, either where you are, either your state or your situation. God sees your refinement that's going on. He's sifting out these things. He's saying there's some things up ahead. There's some giants up ahead, some situations up ahead that you're going to need this stuff sifted out. You don't need these impurities going with you to the battle. I've got to take these out, but I've got to turn the heat up just a little bit more, just a little bit more. If you'll stay submitted just a little bit longer, I'll sift these things out. God's about to take you out of the pasture and on to the battlefield. If you'll just stay patient and submitted where you are. God's going to take you to places and things that you couldn't have imagined before on the other side of the fire. If you're ready to submit to the process, if you're ready to submit to whatever God says, it doesn't make sense. 
It's inconvenient. It's unconventional. It's painful. I want you to stand. If you're ready to submit to that process, I want you to stand. I want you to say, I'm ready. I'm ready to submit to it. Whatever it takes, I'm ready to do it. If you musicians come, God's preparing you. God is shaping you. God is molding you into exactly what he needs you to be on the battlefield. Don't be worried about some sort of stipulation, some sort of training you think you should have had. God will make sure you've got what you need. David wasn't trained adequately to face a giant. David wasn't ready in the eyes of man to step on the battlefield and face Goliath. But God made sure that he had everything he needed. His heart was ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can make your way to the front. I wonder if anybody's ready to step out and saying, God, I'm going to rejoice in your process right where I am. I don't understand why I'm where I'm at. I don't understand why this is going on. I don't understand why you've put me here in this place. It feels like you've forgotten about me, God. It feels like I'm all alone. It feels like I'm in a wilderness. It feels like you've just left me here in this wilderness desert land. But I want to encourage you. God's working. God's working. He's molding. He's sifting. He's smelting. He's refining. He's making sure you're exactly what you need. He's making sure you're exactly what you need for the Goliaths that are ahead, for the giants that are ahead, for these obstacles that are coming. He's making sure you're ready. God, I'm submitted to your process. But whenever you need me, God, I'm ready. God, whenever you need me, I'll step out. God, I'm submitted to your process right now. I wonder if anybody could just rejoice. Could just rejoice. God, I don't know why I'm here, but I know you brought me here. I don't understand why I'm here, but God, I know you brought me here. You brought me here. There's some great things happening. There's some great things happening. God, you're melting. You're refining. You're, you're testing, God, this heart of mine. You're freeing me from these impurities. You're freeing me from this unwanted material. Hey, God, I'm going to rejoice in that. It doesn't make sense to me. It's painful. God, the heat's getting turned up a little bit more. But God, I'm submitted to your process. I'm submitted to your hands. I'm submitted to what you're doing. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com. Saturday.